All right, we're getting into our message. We're continuing our series called Simon Says. If you've been here uh, for the first week of this series, we didn't meet last week because of spring break. Hopefully you guys had a great spring break. But we're back at it, and we're in week two of this three-week series. And we're taking a look at the center part of it. But before we get to that, we want to just do a quick recap. Um, Simon is also Simon Barjona, uh, Simon Peter. Peter, if you read through the, the, the Gospels, you might see any of these titles thrown at him. Same guy. No matter how you look at it, it's the same guy. Peter is who we're talking about. Simon Peter, Simon same guy. Jesus gave him the name of Peter, so that's why we call him Peter from there on. Um, Nick's a little salty that we called this series, Simon Says, because he's like, Jesus gave him a new name. Why are we calling him his old name? Sit down, Grandpa. All right, but we, <laughs> we're just kidding. <laughs> but uh, that's the whole point of the thing, and there's no game called Peter Says, just Simon Says. So get it. All right, anyway, same guy. Uh, last week, or first week of this series, we, we had this theme, don't put it up there on the screen yet, because I want to see if anybody, I got some candy to see if anybody remembers. The overarching theme of the message was um, a three-word phrase. Anybody remember what it was? I guess four, sorry, four, yeah. I don't, do, I don't do words real good. What do you guys think? Anybody? I'll give you a hint. Called to be... First of all, that doesn't even work in the English language. Called to be, nope, called to be holy. There it is. Callan, do you like Skittles or Sour Patch? Sour Patch? Since you're the only one that knew it, I'm going to give you two. You could share. There you go, man. Congratulations. All right. So called to be holy. And we, talk, we spent some time talking about that, what that looks like. Um, and we talked about how because we've been saved, because we've, we've been forgiven of our sins, there's some different things that we're supposed to be doing, some different things that we're uh, supposed to be having going on in our lives, um, preparing our minds for action, being sober-minded, setting your hope fully on the grace that was, will be brought to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Obedient children live differently. Be holy because he is holy, right? And then we talked about why we should be holy. Why should we strive for holiness? Um, first off, we'll be judged. Uh, you were ransomed. Your salvation is imperishable. And then the last question we asked was, how do we strive for holiness? And we gave you three things. We're to live differently, live obediently to God's word, and love others well. All things that we talked about last week, all things that we talked about and we challenged you. Well, today, as we continue moving through this series, um, I need you to understand that, that Peter here in this letter kind of takes a turn. He kind of he he shifts things around a little bit. But before we get into that, I want to reminisce a little bit. All right? I am a child of the 80s. I was born in 1983. I was raised on, like, Saturday morning cartoons. Um, there was this sweet era of TV shows when I was, like, in middle school and high school that, like, NBC, like, ran the market on, like, sitcoms. Like, they were, they were I mean, that's the era that you had Seinfeld, Friends, um, Frasier was in the mix of that, which was a great show. Uh, all these shows came out, but there was a show out there that made this, in preparing for this message, it made me reminisce back to this show. And man, it was one of the funniest shows in the world. It, it's a show called Third Rock from the Sun. I don't know if anybody ever saw this show or any saw an episode of it, but it is one of those shows that like, in its time, it was just absolutely hysterical. Um, and the whole premise of the show um, it's, it's about four extraterrestrials who are on an expedition to Earth, the third planet from the sun. 
which they considered to be, very in, uh, to be a very insignificant planet. The extraterrestrials pose as a human family to observe the behavior of human beings. Let me give you a quick little glimpse of what this show is all about. I saw four aliens in a car. Uh, I think it was a Rambler. Whoa, stylish. Everyone fully formed? Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you turn it up fingers, a little bit, please? Eleven toes. Check. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you. I guess we're in. Everyone comfortable? Um, I have three holes in my face. <laughs> Can anyone get your head to swivel to the rear? No. Oh. And how are you supposed to lick your back? Maybe you do what they're doing. Look, life forms, and they're cleaning each other. Aww. Look at us. I can't believe we look like them. <laughs> <laughs> Our home for this mission is Earth, a third-rate planet. I got a teaching job at a third-rate university. Now we're looking at a third-floor apartment. kind of small but it's furnished we love it yeah it's so much bigger than a car yeah we'll take it you know this used to be the rumpus room back in the 60s Ooh, what is this stuff this sweater it's angora well it's wonderful i've never seen anything like it Ooh. i like the color well it's very nice <laughs> You're not from around here, are you? Well, Mrs. Tupacek, I could stand here and chew your fat all day, but time has no manners. Bye now. Sally, I want you to observe her. Find out what women on this planet do. Why can't Harry do it? Because you're the woman. That brings up a very good question. Why am I the woman? Because you lost. Uh, Dick? I can't see through my eyelids. Open them. Oh, they're manual. Anyway, that is just a small glimpse of the hilarity of that show and the hilarity that ensues as these guys try to figure out what life is on Earth and they end up falling in love with humans and the human culture and all this. But their whole point of the show is they're trying to blend in. They're aliens coming to Earth, trying to blend in so that they can be the most human-like they can possibly be. And, and the whole premise is, is them trying not to get found out as aliens. Well, tonight, as we look at what Peter teaches us, we're called to do the opposite of what these four aliens did. As much as these four aliens blended in and tried to hide themselves among the culture that they submerged themselves in, we as Christians, we as believers, are to do the complete opposite. We are to stand out. We are to live differently so that we do not blend in, so that we can be told apart from the world around us, so that but the standard that we live has us living differently. We aren't to blend in, but we're to live differently. The world that surrounds us is against us and full of sin. And Peter here has already called us to be holy, like we talked about in chapter 1. But here he continues and he issues us a challenge. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to spend a majority of our time today. We'll get into 3 and 4 a little bit. But mostly in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 11, let me read to you just one verse to start. It says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners 
and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. In this passage, Peter is setting the tone and issues a challenge to us as he sets up the next part of his letter. This is like a transitional phrase as, he, as, he's, as he's moving from the initial call to be holy into the next phase of his letter to the church here. And, and the first thing I need you to notice is that he refers to his readers with two terms. Two terms here, sojourner and exile. These are two terms that, that, are, that are weighty. I think they're, they're important. They're not just like he just pulled out a thesaurus and was like, oh, how can I say they're people different? No, very specific terms here used on purpose because I think it's important that we understand what Peter is trying to say here in this passage. First up is this, sojourner, it very simply means someone who resides temporarily in a place. Someone who's moving through. Someone who doesn't really have a home in where they're at. Someone that like maybe is here for a little while, but they're just passing through. This isn't their home. That's a sojourner. An exile is a person who lives away from their native country. Two very important terms that Peter uses to describe these believers that are found um, in, in this, this certain region near Turkey. Although these people are home, they're in their home country, they're where they live, they're where they've been raised, right? They're, they're where they are. He, refu- he, he turns and he calls them something different. They're no longer citizens of there. They are no longer people of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, and Asia, but citizens of heaven. Sojourners just passing through. Exiles living in a foreign land that's no longer their home. Very important how he sets this up because we have a new home the same way that they do. We are considered aliens in a hostile world. If you are a follower of Christ, if you are a Christian, if you are a person who loves Jesus and wants to live for Jesus with your life, listen to me. You live in a hostile world. You may not be experiencing it right now, but I promise you, persecution, ridicule is coming. If you haven't experienced it yet, try living for Jesus a little bit more. It's coming. Maybe you're not experiencing it because you're blending in too much. We need to understand that we are living as aliens in a hostile world. We need to understand that the world is waging war against us. The second half of verse 11 there says this, Abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. We are at war. And when I say we are at war, I don't mean like we're lining up and shooting guns at each other. No, we are at war with the, with the sin of this world. The passions of the flesh are trying to destroy us. And the devil knows this. He knows what's strong. He knows what temptation is. He knows what each one of us stumble in. He knows what each one of our struggles is. And he's going to throw them in your path to try and make you stumble and fall every time. He's waging war on you. He's waging war on me. To 
Because here's the thing, if you're a Christian, I need you to understand, you have a target on your back that's bigger than anyone else in the world. If you're a Christian that's living for Jesus and all that you have, if you're an outspoken Christian, if you're a person who, um, who it, it shares their faith, talks about their faith, lives publicly for Jesus, guess what? The devil wants nothing more than to destroy your testimony. He wants nothing more than for you to mess up and everybody to see it and go, look, see, told you, no different. So please listen to this warning. If you're a Christian and people know you're a Christian, if you are a Christian that lives your life outward like you should, if you are a Christian, you have a target on your back. And people are just waiting. Waiting to watch you fall. Watch out. Guard yourself. Protect yourself. Last night, I was watching... March Madness, not the basketball March Madness, but the real March Madness, the NCAA wrestling tournament. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. It's so good. Um, anyway, there's, there's a guy that wrestles for Penn State. And a lot of the Penn State wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers in general at the college level are, are strong Christians, and they're very vocal about that. Um, I don't know what it is. It's like a subculture there. It's awesome. I love it. Anyway, Penn State, they have a wrestler who won a national championship. It's his third national championship, right, Gavin? Is it his third? third Three-time national champ. He's a stud, right? You wouldn't want to meet him in a ring. Like you wouldn't want to line up against him. He would hold you into a pretzel and make you cry like a little girl, right? Anyway, he gets off the mat after he wins his national championship, and he's very outspoken about his faith on social media, very outspoken about who he is, what he believes, holds no, you know, has no apologies about it. And the NCAA, or ESPN reporter, right, gets up in his face with a microphone and says, hey, I know you're really strong in your faith. What kind of a role has that played in you winning the championship? National TV. Social media picks it up. NCAA Wrestling Instagram page reshared it. He goes on a minute, minute and a half speech about how it's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's only that through Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, like he lays it all out there. <laughs> That you can have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit what gives us power to be able to persevere through hard times and through struggles. And he just, like, as clear as day, lays out the gospel. Even goes as far to say, like, we can't be listening to false prophets. And, and, and he goes on this whole thing and, and lists some of the false prophets that, we're doing, that are out there in the world. Like, it was pretty crazy. It was nuts and so good. But, man, I just sat there listening to this, and my heart immediately was burdened for him. Because in that moment... That target that was on his back got even bigger. Because the devil sees someone who's doing work and using his platform to make Jesus known. The devil's not going to waste his time with people that aren't Christian. He's already got them. Hear me when I say that. The devil's already got the lost. He doesn't need to do any work for them. But if he could discredit a Christian, tear them down, ruin their testimony, they're no longer impactful for the kingdom. Or as impactful for the kingdom. Guard yourself. 
We have a target on our back. He already has, and we need to be careful of this. So Peter, as he's saying this, as he's saying, abstain from the passions of your flesh, which wage war against your soul, he then follows it up with a challenge in verse 12, which is so important. Ready? Verse 12, it says this. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Live differently. Live in a way, live differently so that they may see God through you and ultimately turn towards him. Live honorably. One of the ways that I, when I read this verse, I think about, um, you know, living above reproach, living in such a way that if people make an accusation against you, it's unbelievable. Because they know that you live by a different standard. Live honorably. Live in such a way that when people may see God through you and ultimately turn to him. So how do we do that? How do we do that in our lives? In 2023, how do we accomplish this task of living differently so that people see Christ through us? Luckily, Peter doesn't leave us hanging. He doesn't just say, hey, do it. He says, do it this way. And he goes on through the rest of chapter 2 into chapter 3 and even into the beginning of chapter 4, listing out ways and giving examples of how we as Christians can live differently in the culture that we've been placed in so that we stand out, so that we can live differently and people can see Jesus through us. Number one, submit to authority. got quiet real quick. Submit to authority. We all have people in our lives that God has placed in our lives that have authority over us. Parents, teachers, coaches, pastors, leaders, bosses. Do you submit to their authority? Because hear, hear, hear me out. Unless that person is asking you to blatantly go against the word of God, if they have authority over you, you know what you need to do? Submit. So when you as a student argue with a teacher about extra work that was given to you, let me rephrase that. When you as a Christian student who knows, whose teachers and, and classmates know you're a Christian, and they assign you more homework, and you do nothing but argue with them, what kind of testimony are you? Submit to authority. Authority is there for a reason. Authority was placed in there. We are to be subject to the leadership in our lives. <clears throat> in verses 13 through 17, it says this, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, 
but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. You honor authority in your life? Leadership? Even when you don't agree with them? Presidents, governors, mayors, senators, principals, teachers, coaches, pastors. Do you honor their authority that God has placed in your life? Notice here, it doesn't say honor everyone that you agree with. Honor everyone that you see eye to eye with. Honor everyone that you have the same worldview as. It says very plainly, honor everyone. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. It's pretty cut and dry. Be subject to leaders. Be subject to leadership. He goes on in verse 18, and he says this, um, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust, for this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly, for what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure? This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to, <coughs> excuse me, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Be committed. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He continued entrusting himself to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherds and the overseers of your soul. Here's the thing, guys, listen. When, when Peter is talking about our master, when, when, it said, when he says in verse 18, servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Back then there was a servant master, slave master type caste system, right? Not all slaves were servants, not all servants were slaves, you know what I'm saying? So he's saying here, listen, if you work for someone that's a mean, mean person, honor them. If you work for someone that's a good person, honor them. So what? You suffered. So what? You're suffering persecution. Guess what? Jesus suffered for you. You could put up with a little bit in the workplace. Be subject to authority. Be subject to your masters. Whoever that may be. Peter also goes on, we're not going to get into it, but if you read on in the rest of chapter 2, he talks about, he directs um, some instruction to the wives. He says, hey, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. Um, and then he follows it up. Husbands, you know, honor your wives, love them like the church, you know, and that kind of thing. Love like Jesus loved the church. Um, and he goes on, but we're not going to get into that just because well, you're not even married. So, um, and we don't have all that time. But we need to understand that if we want to live differently, if we want to stand out in this world, we need to submit to authority. Number two, not only do we need to sit, submit to authority, ready? We need to operate differently as Christ's followers. 
We need to operate differently as Christ followers. In chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it says this, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. I love what Peter is saying here. We're, we're called to live by a different standard. We're called to live in harmony. Live in harmony with our unity in mind, working together in the spreading of the gospel. We're to live uh, with sympathy. We're to be sympathetic, sharing each other's needs, responsive to their feelings. We're to love as brothers, loving fellow believers. The brotherly love here, uh, Philadelphus, which is what the, the, the Greek term that, that Philadelphia is come from, the city of brotherly love. It's to love someone deeper as a brother, like someone that you're arms to arms with, someone that you, have, you share blood with, you have bloodline with. It's a deeper relationship than just like a good friend. You're side by side with them. Loving ones, fellow countrymen, a Christian, loving Christians, loving as brethren. We're to be compassionate. This is sim similar to sympathetic and to be, have sympathy for it, but this is driven to do something about it. We've talked about this before. This is the idea of, of compassion is to love enough to do something about it. You see someone in need, you love them enough to do something about it. We're called to be compassionate. We're called to be those people that, that, that do something about the people around us that are hurting, that are struggling, that are suffering. We're called to live by a different standard. We're called to be humble, having an honest estimate of oneself before God. I love that definition of, of, of humbleness. Having an honest estimate of oneself before God. Realizing that we're nothing. Yet God still chooses to use us. God still chooses us. He chooses us to, to spread the gospel. He chooses us to, to reach the world. In verse 9 there where it says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for those, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. We are called to bless. We are called to, to lift others up. We're called to encourage. We're called to love. We're called to show the love of Jesus to the world by living differently, living by a different standard. So not only do we submit to authority, operate differently as Christ's followers. Ready? Here's the last one, and we'll finish on this. You want to stand out in the world. You want to live differently. You want, you want to, to accomplish this challenge that, that Peter has laid out before us. Ready? Let your gifting shine. Let your gift shine. Each and every one of us has been given gifts by God. Been given abilities, special talents, special abilities, special giftings in our lives. Identify them. Put them to work. Chapter 4, verses 7 through 11 says this. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded. Sound familiar? For the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Verse 10, 
as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let your gifting shine. Whatever it is that God has given you. We go back to verse 10. There should be just one, one more slide. There it is. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Man, if you've got the gift of hospitality, be the most hospitable person in the world. Love people well. If you're just a caring person, someone that is a good listener, man, listen to people. Pray for them. Be an encourager. If you've got the gift of encouragement, man, you've got a task at hand. Encourage those around you. When we do these things, when we let our gifting shine, when we operate differently as Christ followers, when we, when we submit to authority, we stand out. The world around us is living by a different standard. The world around us is lift, living by a different like worldview. But if we choose to live this way, we choose to operate by a different standard. Guys, listen, I'm telling you, God will use you in a mighty way because you'll stand out. Too many of us are living our Christian lives like the aliens in Third Rock from the Sun. Just blending in with culture, trying not to get caught. Oh man, I hope they don't find out I'm a Christian. Man, I, I hope I'm not too weird. I hope they don't, you know, tag me as one of them Bible beaters. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter. God's called you to be holy. God's called you to live differently. And you're going to have to stand account for that one day. I can't wait for the day I walk through the gates of heaven and Jesus looks at me and goes, well done. You did it. I don't want to leave any doubt there. I don't want to be like, well, you you know, you're a Christian, but man, you didn't really use your platform for anything. My challenge to each and every one of us as we wrap up tonight is very simple. Let's do all that we can. And I mean that, all that we can, not to blend in. Maybe that means changing the way you talk. Maybe that means changing the friends you have, or at least the friends that you spend the most time with. Maybe that means changing the way you dress, the music you're listening to, the stuff you're watching, whatever, I don't know. The activities you're partaking in. Whatever it is, do all that we can to stand out, to not blend in, to live differently so that a culture that is so against God can't help but see God in us 
the end goal of ultimately them turning to him. So as we get ready to respond in worship, the altar is going to be open. If you're somebody in here tonight that just has been blending in, or maybe you've, you've felt God speaking to you from the, the moment I showed that clip. <laughs> you knew where this was going. The Holy Spirit was just working on your heart already. And you've been blending in. You've been going chameleon Christian your entire life. I want to encourage you as we sing to come. Come and kneel. Kneel at the altar. Have that time of prayer with God. Ask him for guidance. Ask him for strength. Ask him for opportunities to stand out. School year is almost over. Some of you guys are getting ready to graduate and leave Oviedo and go off to school and, and do all these things. You've got a chance in these last two, three months of school to make an impact. To live differently so that people see God in you. Man, if you're a freshman, you've got four years. What kind of impact can you make in four years? If you're a sophomore, man, you, you've got plenty of time. Juniors, you got a whole year and a half still ahead of you. You have an opportunity to do something for Jesus. Make an impact by standing out. I live indifferently so that people can see Jesus in you. If that's you, if, that's, if God's just been working on you during this time and as you feel like he's, he's speaking directly to you right now, I just encourage you as we stand in a second and as we sing, come and kneel and just have a prayer, prayer time with God. You don't have to stay there long. You can stay there the whole song. You can stay after we're, we're done. I don't care not about who's going to be watching you. It's about you having a heart-to-heart -heart with Jesus. About ways that he can use you to impact your school, your community, your friends, your family. I hope that you'll put aside any pride, you'll put aside any embarrassment that might come from it. And you'll truly have a moment with God tonight. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that it speaks to us, the way that it leads us, the way that it directs us, God. Lord, I pray that as we examine our lives, Lord, that we'd be honest with ourselves. And if we've been blending in too much, Lord, if we've been too much of the world, Lord, that you'd help us to change our lives, change the way that we live. So that people will see you in us, in all that we do. Lord, allow us to take advantage of the time that we have. Allow us to take advantage of, of the opportunities you give us, Lord, to point people towards you. God, help us to live as aliens in this hostile world. 
to live differently. God, we give you this time of worship. In your name we pray. Amen. The altar's open now.